It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Heartland at Noon for Mon... No, it's not Monday. I'm not the only one getting that messed up. I know I'm not. It's Tuesday today, Tuesday, October 12th. Starting the show off on the right foot. Welcome to the Heartland at Noon. Today, we've got all sorts of stuff. The by-election to see who will be our next mayor is just under a month away. Signs are starting to pop up everywhere throughout town, and we've been going through playing interview profiles which each of the with each of the candidates. Today we'll be focusing on our final candidate, Councillor Kim Robinson. He's in the running and he'll be in conversation with Discover Moose Jaws Haley Shirky coming up. It's been a while since we've received an update about the new joint use school in Moose Jaw, so let's get one, shall we? We'll get an update on the school from project developer Mike Szynski of Collier's Project Leaders, who lets us know what stage they're at and what's coming up next. There was also a concert announcement this morning for Mosaic Place, but before we can get to that show, we'll be talking with one musician who's got a concert coming up at the May Wilson Theatre October 27th. Mr. Jeffrey Straker, he'll be in conversation with our very own Catherine Ludwig, talking about the tour he's on, about how he spent the last year, and about the upcoming show. That's on the way. And finally, there have been a rash of fires in Moose Jaw over the last few weeks. From house fires to garage fires, it's a good time to brush up on fire safety. With the Moose Jaw Fire Department, we spoke with Public Education Officer Kathy Bassett from the department all about fire prevention, what the most common causes are, and how to avoid them. That is on the way as well. Local weather, boy, she was chilly out this morning. And more of that is on the way with the potential of rain and snow tomorrow and tomorrow night. Your full weather forecast is on the way. And in sports, the Moose Jaw Warriors will be back on the ice tomorrow night hosting the Prince Albert Raiders. And the 2021-22 NHL season kicks off tonight. We'll talk more about that in sports, but first, it's time for your news. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw. A Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. The 16th annual Better Together Food Drive is set to take off at the end of the month. Though, like most things, it is going to look a little different. Volunteers will not be going door-to-door on Halloween night as they typically do. But community advocate at the Hillcrest Church, Daisy Richardson, tells us what they have planned instead. Everything is changing around us, and it's been changing for a year and a half. But hunger isn't one of those things that's changed. We're asking people to give directly to the food bank, and they can do that online at the food bank's website, which is mjfoodbank.org. If you want to actually write a check, you'll just want to note that the food bank has moved locations. Last year, over $60,000 was raised through the fundraiser, all which went towards purchasing food for the Moose Jaw Food Bank. Reminders about the fundraiser will be sent out later this month. The Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation is urging people to be more cautious of animals on the roads. Executive Director of the SWF, Daryl Crabb, says more animals like moose and deer could be on the roads within the next three months. They're much more uh, apt to be on the move because it's their mating season or, or rut, as it's called, and uh, really have uh, only one thing on their minds uh, usually and really aren't uh, quite as concerned about traffic. 
SGI released that over the past five years, 367 injuries with one fatality due to an accident with an animal was reported each year. The SWF is reminding people to be more alert and to slow down in high density areas marked with road signage and also at night. Get ready to rock! Shinedown is coming to Mosaic Place on February 17th. This is the first concert at Mosaic Place since March of 2020. Fan club presale begins on October 13th at 10 a.m. Venue and radio presale begins on October 14th at 10 a.m. And general on sale begins October 15th at 8 a.m. For more, you can visit discovermoosejaw.com. The Western Development Museum is putting on some interactive games throughout the museum. It's called October Mysteries, celebrating black cats. Families can join two activities and enter draws to win Halloween prizes. Carla Rasmussen, the Education and Public Programs Coordinator at the museum, is excited for people to experience the museum in a new way. It takes you through the galleries and really helps you to explore the spaces in a different way. Maybe you'll notice some things that you didn't before、um, if you've been here in the past. The activities are also included in the museum's admission price. The WDM is also encouraging people to bring a donation of canned cat food that will go to the Humane Society. September of 2024 is when the new Joint Use School on South Hill is slated to open. The school will include a corral for school buses and a drive-through for parents to drop off and pick up their kids to help mitigate traffic concerns. Project developer Mike Szynski from Collier's Project Leaders said the school will be three stories. The idea, again, being that it, for a lot of kids, they're obviously going to be in the school for a number of years, and we want to we want to create a, a you know, every couple of years create a new view, a new a new feeling within the school. So kids will actually start on the main floor and work up the second floor and the third floor. So this is where the sevens and eights will be is on the third floor. The school is expected to take up 10 acres of the undeveloped West Heath subdivision and cost 50 million dollars to build. There were 425 new cases of COVID-19 and four new deaths reported in Saskatchewan yesterday, along with 466 recoveries. 4,658 cases are considered active at this time, and 347 people are in hospital. With 79 in the ICU, of the new cases, 12 are in the South Central Zone, and 115 are in Saskatoon. There are currently 150 active cases in the South Central Zone. And now the Golden West Radio Money Scoop for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 19 points. The Dow Jones is down 25 points. The Nasdaq is down two points, and the Canadian dollar is up at 80.29 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on DiscoverMooseJaw.com.
A new nationwide survey suggests while Canadians are largely confident in the safeguards put in place at their children's schools, most are still concerned about the spread of COVID-19 in the facilities, and they want children and staff to wear masks. The Canadian Hub for Applied and Social Research at the University of Saskatchewan conducted a phone survey of 1,000 people last month, asking people about their worries in sending kids to school and thoughts on public health orders. Health officials in northern Saskatchewan have declared a tuberculosis outbreak. The Northern Intertribal Health Authority said last week it had identified outbreaks in two communities, six cases in Black Lake and seven in Fond du Lac. A tropical storm set off landslides and flash flooding as it barreled over the tip of the northern Philippines overnight, and officials say nine people died and 11 are missing. Hundreds were evacuated from their homes in areas swamped by floods and battered by pounding rains and wind from tropical storm Kompasu. And Iran has kicked off a massive two-day air defense drill in the country's sprawling central desert in another show of force by the Islamic Republic. State TV reports both the Army and Parliamentary Revolutionary Guard are taking part in the annual maneuvers. I'm Candace Dirksen. Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports. The Moose Jaw Warriors take on the Prince Albert Raiders on Wednesday night at home. That game is set for 7 o'clock. The Warriors beat the Pats on Friday night with a final score of 3-2. The puck drops on the NHL regular season with a doubleheader tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning will raise their third Stanley Cup championship banner before facing the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Tampa Bay Rays saw their record-setting season come to a sudden end last night when they lost to the Boston Red Sox 6-5 in Game 4 of their division series. The Rays were eliminated in the best-of-five playoff. A couple more Major League Baseball series could end tonight. The Houston Astros have a 2-1 series lead after a rainout yesterday in Chicago. And the Atlanta Braves are up 2-1 over visiting the Milwaukee Brewers. And remember, we'd like your scores and local sports stories. Fill us in by email, sports, at discovermoosejaw.com. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Rain and snow will likely begin to evolve across parts of the province tomorrow, and we will see it overtake a large part of the province all the way into Thursday. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. A large storm system forming in the U.S. northern plains will begin to spread a little bit of moisture up into the southeasternmost corner of the province as we get overnight tonight and especially near dawn tomorrow. The precipitation will become more significant during the morning tomorrow in that same south southeast corner of the province and then it will begin to expand to the north and to the west and as we go forward through the majority of the day Wednesday and into Thursday we will see rain and snow overtake most of the province. Now some areas in the far west won't do very well with moisture from this event. We'll look for just trace amounts upwards to two or three millimeters to occur. I would expect areas around the uh, console and Cypress Hills area not to do very well with moisture at all and the same may be true up across 
across the Lloyd Minster, uh, the Meadow Lake area down uh, all the way into the Unity region. So the precipitation will be mostly concentrated further to the east. And the amounts will be greatest in the east near the Manitoba border where 5 to 15 millimeters will occur. This will probably take place from Cornac up towards the Melford area and eastward. And we will see some totals of 20 to 25 millimeters possible near the U.S. Manitoba border in the extreme southeast. Areas from the Lake Diefenbaker area down towards the Valmarie region and uh, then from there northward to the Melford and Prince Albert areas will likely see 3 to 8 millimeters of moisture. All of this will likely occur as rain and snow mix and we are going to see a little bit of the snow accumulate. We'll look for totals running from 1 to around 4 centimeters but there will be a couple of pockets of greater accumulating snow maybe getting upwards to 6 to 8 centimeters. Now the heavier snowfall will be pocketed and it won't stick around very long because of warm soil temperatures. We are going to see the temperatures rather nippy across the region once this storm system abates from the region. But while we're in the midst of it, the temperatures will be stuck in the single digits. There will be a couple of locations that might stay below freezing, but only around minus one. And we'll look for the low temperatures at night to not change much from those of the day. So we'll see a few negative lower single digits into the positive lower single digits, and that's about as cool as we'll be for the next few days. The temperatures may get colder, though, once the storm pushes farther to the east out of the region, but only temporarily. A warming trend will occur Friday afternoon into the weekend, and a reinforcing shot of cool air will come along during the early part of next week. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Well, better late than never. Time now for your forecast. Today, mix of sun and cloud, high of 9, so not bad. Cloudy tonight with a low of minus 1. Tomorrow, cloudy. 30% chance of rain in the afternoon, high of 7. Thursday, cloudy with a chance of flurries and rain, high of 5. Friday, sunny, 13. And Saturday, sunny with a high of 14. Right now, Moose Jaw, 2 degrees. Regina, 2. Assiniboia Gavelberg, 2. Rockland Cornac, 4. Swift Current, 2. Elbow, 4. Davidson Watrous, 4. Once again, Assiniboia, 2. Regina, 2. And with the wind northwest at 11 and the relative humidity at 86%, it's 2 degrees in Moose Jaw. Record high for this day, October 12th. 28 set in 1991 the record low minus 7 set in 1959 time now for your road report brought to you by my addictions clothing boutique in the town and country mall new fall fashions have just arrived small to double xl Looking at road closures, according to the City of Moose Jaw website, of course, Caribou Street West, that's still blocked. A portion of it is blocked off due to cast iron replacement between 7th and 9th Northwest. Intersections are open, however. Uh, More cast iron replacement happening on Fairford Street East between 3rd and 5th Northeast. Cast iron replacement on 7th Avenue Northwest between Saskatchewan and Caribou Street West. Uh, what else is going on? Northbound right lane, right turning lane. Work is getting done on the First Avenue, on First Avenue Northwest between Ominica and Staticona Street West. That is a water service leak that's going on. And again, only the northbound lane is affected. That is a road report. And this is Paul Martin. The number of houses for sale in Saskatchewan cities is starting to fall, and that has the effect of raising prices. As we enter the fourth quarter of the year, the monthly tally of residential real estate transactions prepared by the Provincial Realtors Association starting to show some trends. In broad terms, it remains a seller's market with lower inventory due to a reduction in new listings, 
pushing prices upward, slightly in most cases, but upward nonetheless. The organization has developed what it calls a benchmark price to provide some insight into the emerging trends. Average home prices on a year-to-date basis are up across the board, but these can be affected by a few large or small transactions. So they came up with the benchmark to take some of the variability out of the reporting. And what that shows is every city except Estevan has seen prices move up this year, and Estevan is down only 1%. The biggest gains were posted in Yorkton, followed by Melford and Melville, up more than 10% compared to the same time a year ago. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into bigger Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. Whether it's a scrimmage with friends, the game-winning goal, or a personal best, sports, activity, exercise, it feels great. But sometimes we overdo it and need help to get back in the game, back on the ice, and back to active. The Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest has the supports and bracing you need to do just that. For home health and active living solutions, see the Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest, corner of Main and Thatcher. The Moose Jaw Co-op. Be part of something bigger. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. And we're back. Welcome to the Heartland at Noon. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for Rob Carney. There's a total of nine individuals running for mayor in the upcoming by-election, including three current city councillors. The candidates are Mike Simpkins, Wayne Watermanock, Brett McCulley, Sam Morrison, Michael Haygarth, Clive Tolley, and the three councillors in the running are Crystal Froze, Heather Eby, and Kim Robinson. Discover Moose Jaw's Haley Shirky spoke with Kim Robinson and discussed his platform, why he's running, and what he'd like to change in the city of Moose Jaw. City Councillor Kim Robinson is running for mayor. I talked to him about what changes he would make if elected. So my first question is, what inspired you to run for mayor? I've always kind of had a, uh, say, a volunteer heart, I guess. I've uh, always wanted to try to help with... uh, Nonprofits. I've been involved in nonprofits for quite a while, and uh, recently, of course, about a year ago, I was elected to council and uh, got to see some more of the inside of, of what we do at City Hall. So, uh, when the opportunity arose, I just thought um, the mayor seat needs a strong leader, and I, and I feel that's uh, where I can help out. And so how do you think that your time on city council will help you in the race for mayor? Well, one of the things that uh, is very good that we do in Moose Jaw is we have a, an orientation for new council, and we spent uh, a couple of days on, on getting familiar with everything. Um, and then, of course, uh, the protocols and the attending the meetings and forging uh, commitments and, and uh, uh, 
just friendships with the other counselors is, has been uh, has been good and administration I, I feel that we've got some really good administrators so I think just to see from the inside that that'll be a big help to uh, to me once I'm uh, elected mayor yeah absolutely and so what changes would you like to bring to Moose Jaw if you are elected I've kind of set myself in this invest in Moose Jaw ideas I've thought around and thought of this and and um, I have a website invest in moosejaw.ca it's kind of been my campaign and um, we have a very large reserve fund I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware but I think we have around 110 million dollars in investments in Moose Jaw that uh, I believe was initiated quite a while back by a former mayor uh, Lurie Scoop Lurie and uh, what we do is mostly take that uh, money from from our investments and uh, put that interest only back into our our budget. Well, I think there's so many other things that we could do, and and maybe perhaps using some of that investment uh, income for uh, investments around Moose Jaw and and invest in ourselves. For an example, I, I use the Moose Jaw Tourism Trolley as an example. Excellent tourism item i think this year even during the pandemic that we brought in about 6500 people but the the trolley's getting older and it could use a little refurbishing and uh, something like that would you know not to take any business from local banks maybe perhaps offer them the opportunity but if that sort of thing didn't work out perhaps we could uh, loan them some money and from our reserve funds and uh, the investing community program, I think, it would be an initiative that not only enhances our economic health and creates a positive impact in our community, but um, it shows us community spirit investment. And um, more than just the financial commitment, I guess, would be um, economic development for the area where we live, shop, you know, work, eat, attend school, and spend our free time uh, I think it's a means that we could work together as a community and grow and develop positive changes that we need and will create in our uh, neighborhood. So in that vein, I guess, invest in Moose Jaw to me means investing in ourselves socially and looking at how we can contribute to lifting up the less fortunate and marginalized members of our city. Uh, as I, I feel addiction and poverty are huge contributors to crime in our city. So. I'd like to uh, see us all invest in doing better. I see in your bio that you do have extensive knowledge in finance. How do you think that that will help you in the position of mayor? Well, I think my um, education in finance and accounting certainly help in, in budgeting. But more importantly, I think, is, is just my life experience and my leadership skills I believe that we have a very, very strong administrative staff in in, uh, Moose Jaw City Hall. So I would see the mayor's position as more of a leadership, instilling vision and rejuvenating our our city hall from the top down. Certainly, it's great to have that education and understand the budget procedure and the financial implications. But I think the mayor itself is more of a leadership role and uh, just some selling of our city, um, maybe lifting people up and, and bringing the, the overall spirit of, of Moose Jaw itself. So. What do you think makes you different from the other candidates? I would have to go back to my uh, 
leadership skills. I've, I've always kind of been uh, that person that leads the pack. I've been involved in nonprofits for a long time. I think I'm very good at, at bringing group consensus and also uh, instilling a vision. So uh, I have a vision for the city that I think I can spread throughout our throughout not only our administrative staff, but through the residents of Moose Jaw themselves. And uh, if we all can get that momentum as a group, as an entire municipality, I think we could see some big things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was all of the questions that I had today. Is there anything else that you would like to add that I might have missed? I'd like to touch on, like, I have a vision of, of rejuvenating our parks. Certainly Crescent Park is a, a huge asset to us. I think we've, we've kind of let it die on the vine a bit. I think we can show off our uh, Waccamaw and, and Tatawa parks better. One of the big things that are facing us in the near future is a solution for our landfill. So if I were mayor, I would like to see, rather than mothballing our landfill, creating and, you know, creating another unsightly landfill somewhere else, I would like to see us look at that ways that we can recover that landfill and then and make it a, a better facility in the future. The by-election is set for November 3rd here in Moose Jaw. We will now completely change directions and talk about the new joint use school. It's being built in the West Heath subdivision, which is on South Hill, and it will consolidate Sacred Heart, St. Mary's, Empire, and Westmount schools all into one building. The $50 million project is expected to take up about 10 acres of land, which is wild. Discover Moose Jaw's Sean Slatt recently got an update all about the project. Project developer Mike Sazinski of Collier's Project Leaders gave an update to the Prairie South School Division Board of Education on the joint use school that is being built on South Hill. The school is expected to take up 10 acres of the West Heath subdivision and cost $50 million to build. Sazinski started with an update on what work was done through 2020 to come up with a design for the school. March 20th, I think, is a day that you all are familiar with, is when the school was closed last year. Uh, we had a lot of good plans and play about the things we wanted to do. We wanted to do a, go on tours, take a bunch of people, look at schools that have been done recently throughout the province. We didn't have that opportunity, so we had to change into a virtual environment, as did folks in this room, to figure out how we're going to do this virtually. We spent a lot of time doing that, and I think uh, a lot of the folks here had the opportunity to present in what we call a visioning exercise back in March. We just talked about what is this school going to be and how is it going to work. Uh, we spent a lot of that time, and you know, for those that aren't aware, we spent quite a bit of time uh, with your staff and students in April to May of 2020, which we actually switched in that virtual learning environment to get students really, really involved uh, in, in the virtual environment. That worked out really, really well. That allowed some concept designs to come together. Uh, that was a really exciting process, and that the outcome of that whole exercise in 2020 is this, which is we come up with about six different designs which are based on what's to be shared, how it's to be shared, how all these schools can work together. At the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, 1,000, 1,100 kids. It's going to be two boards, as we know. It's going to be a daycare. How's everything going to work together? And there's a lot of questions to go through it. He said that work has continued into this year. This year has been, as I said, a lot of focus on what happened at the end of 2020, which was uh, coming to agreement on an MOU with the city. So that was between the City of Moosejaw, Ministry of Education, and boards. Uh, that was signed off in November 2020, which really started this redevelopment of the West Heath site. Uh, and that, you know, that was a big change. And that isn't just 
do it. That's a lot of a lot of work. So there was a the impact assessment to measure all the flow of traffic in that area, and this has all been well talked about. The public engagement process, which had to be shifted to a virtual environment, which has been completed and was very favorable. And uh, the recommended concept coming out of that, as well as all the servicing, all the design servicing that had to be done, the engineering, uh, and the financial metrics, which is the city, as really the developer of the land, was really interested to know what are the expenses and what are the anticipated revenues coming from lot sales. So there was a lot of work from November till about today, actually. One of the obstacles that the school needed to overcome was traffic mitigation measures, which Szynski said has been put in place. People are probably excited to see floor plans, so we do have some floor plans that uh, I'll share with the group, but with a, with a big asterisk beside them. They're just kind of getting done now, now that we have the site a little bit more laid, laid out. Um, and part of the exercise that's happening now is through senior admin teams, we're going to be going through the process that's, that's been happening, uh, where we're getting some feedback coming in already. Uh, and on Wednesday, we're going to get a more more nailed down, I guess, design. But it's still being talked about within the school divisions, within the teachers. We'll be going to uh, next week, so it's a pretty exciting time. And this is this is what it's going to look like. If I could just direct your attention on the left-hand side, which would be the west side, uh, a few ideas that have evolved with uh, with what we're calling a bus corral. Kind of comes out of the experience we saw in Swift Current in the joint use school there, where there was kind of a safe parking and. Uh, queuing, I guess you could call it, of the buses, so that they were just lined up all the way down the street and taking up all of that real estate. So this was an idea just to really help mitigate traffic flow as well. Uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting is at the very bottom, there's a drive-through, and we, we kind of laughed and said it was similar to an airport in many ways, that that area down at the bottom is allows for people to pull over and drop, drop kids off uh, as required, but that's not a main street. That's actually almost like an extended parking lot, you could call it. Um, and then just south of there would be all the staff parking. The school itself is going to be pushed down further south, though, we suspect. He would go on to give the school board trustees an initial look at the floor plans for the first floor of the building. I've been involved in the design, both as a ministry, uh, a ministry of education uh, employee, as well as a consultant over the last 12 years. I've been involved in probably six or seven different joint use schools. This one, I think, has the most, most balance of shared space that I've seen. I've seen schools where there's just a wall down the middle and one's over here, one's over there. This is not that. There's a lot of shared space happening here, both in the library space, the administrative space, uh, what we call Da Vinci Studios, which are classrooms which are a little bit more uh, wet areas, I guess we would call them. Um, but that's how this is, this is shaping up right now. So as you can imagine, the middle being shared, gymnasiums in the middle, entries, libraries in the middle, and the classrooms are fairly self-explanatory. Szynski said floors two and three will be fairly similar. The, again, the idea of the allocation of space kind of goes all the way up. So same, same allocation of space. There's kind of a connecting uh, corridor, I guess you would call it, that goes down the middle, and it would be open looking towards the gym. Space, and then there's a, I guess we'll call it a more senior um, library that would be in the middle on the south end. So the idea is that you, you move up in, this, in the facility. Now, if we go, I don't know how much we been talked about, but that is the third, the third story. So it will, will be a three-story school, because uh, quite honestly, it needs to be. You can imagine it's fairly sprawling as it is right now, and if it was only two stories, it would be that much more sprawling. It's going to be about 100, I guess about 110,000 <coughs> square feet. So it's fairly substantial. Uh, 11,000, we use meters, so it's 11,800 meters. So it's quite substantial. 
the idea, again, being that it, for a lot of kids, they're obviously going to be in the school for a number of years, and we want to we want to create a, a you know, every couple of years create a new view, a new a new feeling within the school. So kids will actually start on the main floor and work up to the second floor and the third floor. So this is where the sevens and eights will be is on the third floor. Tenders for the joint use school are expected to go out in late winter or early spring, with work beginning on the site in March or April of 2022. The school slate opened in September of 2024. For Discovery Mushan News, I'm Sean Slat. Very cool update. Thank you for that, Sean. It's time now for us to take a quick break, and when we're back, we'll hear from Jeffrey Straker, who's going to be performing at the Maine Wilson Theatre here in Moose Jaw later this month. That's up next on the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Hi folks, Tim from Young's Equipment, your genuine Case IH parts and service dealer. Harvest is moving fast, so let's plan for next year. Book winter inspections on Case IH combines, tractors, and sprayers. Pricing of these quality service packages is held from last year until January 31st. Book now to take advantage of 10% off all genuine Case IH parts installed with the inspection. Special trucking rates and Young's loyalty program. Slots are filling fast. Contact Young's Equipment to avoid disappointment. Check youngs.ca today. 800 CHAB is the Heartland's home for the greatest hits of all time. And we're bringing you more of the music you love with the Rock and Roll Oldies Show. Saturdays at 4 and Sundays at 9. Brought to you by Moose Jaw Funeral Home, the Park Hotel, Great Canadian Oil Change, and the greatest hits of all time. 800 CHAB. Attention cattle producers at Manicota Stockman's Way Company this Friday, October 15th at 12 noon is the Canadian Ranchers endorsed Angus Castle. Watch this sale on dbauction.com. 2025 head went through our ring last week. The cow cow and bull market is down. Good steer cattle are selling into a good market. Heifers are back some. Angus Kelsey of Mancota Stockman. Thank you for making us your market of choice. Call 478 2229. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Heartland at Noon. I'm Blaze Wozniak, in for Rob Kearney. Jeffrey Straker is no stranger to Moose Jaw. He's played a number of shows here at the Moose Jaw Cultural Centre, including his annual Christmas show. He'll be back performing at the Cultural Centre on October 27th. Tickets are still available at the May Wilson Theatre box office or online at sasktix.ca. Catherine Ludwig spoke with Straker all about how he's been spending the last couple of months, his new music, and what fans can expect at the show. You are performing on October 27th at the May Wilson Theatre in the Moose Jaw Cultural Centre. Have you performed in Moose Jaw before? I have. I've performed in Moose Jaw and specifically at the May Wilson quite a few times before um, in that period we call pre-pandemic. I bet you're excited to be back. I am. And uh, in full disclosure, the May Wilson Theatre in the Cultural Center is my favorite venue in the province, so I I can't wait. Oh, well, I'm sure the locals will love to hear that, and I'm sure you usually get such a great turnout, too. It's uh, My my recollections of the shows there, like, you know, up up until a couple of years ago when we were still in there, they were great, and um, audience turnout was great, and the the whole vibe in there, it's really special. Like, I call it, and I've called it for years, the Carnegie Hall of the Prairies, Um, because as you know, um, it's that vintage, old... 1910 or 12 sort of 
look and feel, and uh, there's, a, there's a grand piano, and um, the, with the, with that steep rake seating of the audience, um, it feels, although it's a fairly fairly large theater, you feel so close to everyone, so it feels good. And we all need that in today's day and age. We, we sure do, yes. <laughs> so will you be performing your latest album just before the sunrise? Or just before yeah, sunrise? Yeah, so- just before sunrise, yep, I'll be performing songs from this my latest record. That record came out in May of this year, and I had a chance to tour it all through the summer doing outdoor shows. This is one of my first indoor shows. I did some in Saskatoon a couple weekends ago. So I'll be performing songs from that record. And then I've also had some time over the last few weeks to do some writing, and I've got some brand spanking new, fresh, never-been-heard-before tunes that I'd like to try out. So we'll see if I can fit in one or two of those. Oh, so people will be in for a treat. I, I think so. I, I hope so. That will, they'll be able to tell me if it's a treat or not. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about the album? Sure. The The record is Before Sunrise. It's, it's got 10 songs on it. It's uh, I describe it as a roots folk um, leaning record. There's a, you know, my piano vocal is in the, in the sort of center of the sound, but there's there's uh, you know acoustic guitar and double bass and, and harmony sort of woven around it. And that, that's the kind of performance we're going to bring to the May Wilson Theatre, too. Um, the songs are, there's a good mix of, you know, uh, contemplative ballads and up-tempo songs, uh, which is something I always try to do. There's a little bit of introspection in some of the songs, in particular because it's the first record that I released since the passing of my mom two and a half years ago. Um, she passed away really suddenly and unexpectedly and you know, sort of left this, void within me as, as as that sort of event does and and writing the songs was really therapeutic for me and you know it really helped me through it so writing them and bringing them to life and then getting to them to perform them is sort of this ongoing sort of therapy for me and it feels really good so i like to share the share share those with the audience it's it's, it's nice so the audience will get to see a personal performance from you that is exciting yeah, yeah. And then one thing I do in my, my, my shows is I, I typically, you know, between the songs, I banter with the audience and tell them a little bit about where the songs came from. And that typically gets really well received. You know, it, it adds this extra dimension versus just listening to the, the record on Spotify or spinning a CD or something to get the, the artist's take on where the song came from or some funny story from the road because I've been touring a lot throughout the summer. So uh, hopefully that's, that's something that the audience will enjoy, too. Of course. So how can people buy tickets to your show here in Moose Jaw? The well the ticketing is all done through the Moose Jaw Cultural Center on their on their website and I'm I think it's moosejawculture.ca and and uh they they can find the tickets to the show there or they can visit jeffstraker.com and I've got links on my website too. Um and uh yeah, I I look look forward to hopefully seeing the kind of audience we had coming to the Cultural Central Center before the pandemic, I, I saw this summer that people were really keen to get back to live music in an outdoor setting. And now with some shots in arms and some masks on people, I've found the indoor shows I've done, they've been really safe and people have had a good time. So I hope people in Moose Shaw will come and check out this one too. Well, I'm sure that's comforting to hear for people planning to go to the show. On a bit of a different topic... It's great to hear that you're still traveling and doing shows amidst the pandemic. What kind of struggles have you faced being a musical artist throughout the pandemic and the lockdown? Well, when the pandemic first sort of hit with its full force, like a tidal wave that swept across the land, it it, it obviously affected the arts pretty profoundly, and musicians in particular, because what we do depends on people being able to gather. So 
gatherings were immediately not possible. So we had to all start doing these online concerts, which, you know, which were were fine and were okay for quite a while, but they almost sort of lost their luster, probably because so many people were doing so many of them. But but the reality is, with those online concerts, so, you know, I call them they're a good pinch hit. They don't provide that special something something you get when you sit in a room with other people experiencing a live performance before your very eyes together, you know? And so that was missing from my life and for, for 18 months and from listeners' lives for 18 months. And um, one of the things I noticed this summer was that in doing the outdoor shows, some of the people got really emotional um, because they started feeling these feelings that they forgot they could feel, to be honest with you. And they're like, oh my God, there's that feeling I get when I experience live music. And they, they were almost sort of disgusted and shocked at themselves that they forgot about the feeling, you know? So um, that's that's something I really missed. And, and that's something I really love getting to bring to people in, in, in these in these shows that we're going again is uh, getting to help them have those feels. That, that's kind of what this is all about. Well, that is so heartwarming to experience once again. And I really think people, especially now after it's been so long, need that again. People do. And the, the weird thing about it is like some people don't realize how much they needed it until they're sitting there and they're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, they come to the merch table at the end of the show or come and say a quick hello. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, and they've really enjoyed themselves. Um, and, and they just they, I've heard them say over and over, I forgot what this felt like, you know, so uh, it's it's a music. Music can, you know, music can, can a sad song can make someone cry, but a, but an uptempo song can bring someone joy. And uh, that's what I hope to do throughout the show. Well, great. Well, has it detained you to only doing performances in Canada? Yeah. So I've, I've only been able to perform in Canada. I, I don't perform a lot in the U.S. in general, but I do perform in, in, in Mexico and South America as well as Western Europe, typically, if there's no pandemic, you know. And, so, and I actually had a big tour of the Netherlands booked for last September, but of course we had to sort of, I guess, I'll say, I'll say postpone. It could be canceled, I don't know, but yeah, so we had to postpone that. But So it has it can, it sort of contained me only to Canada, but but that being said, um, I've, uh, I'm really lucky in that the, the fans I've built up over time here in Canada, they, they a lot of them have become really loyal, and uh, they were really eagerly coming to my outdoor shows I did this summer and, you know, helping to make these nice audiences before my very eyes and it was a it was a real treat to to have people soaking it up you know so uh, so even though i was contained to you know kind of just canada it was it was really wonderful well that is good to hear and just another shift in the conversation uh the telemiracle telethon foundation with the kinsmen that helps build stronger communities provides resources like medical equipment and has a focus on supporting people with special needs are you mm-hmm. going to be involved with the telethon this upcoming March? I am. I just, I just sort of, uh, you know, I I, 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 I kind of hope that I will get asked back each year, and so far, you know, not what I have been. And I just found out that I'm getting asked back again this year, so I'll be one of the co-hosts, and I'll be one of the performers, um, along with you know Beverly Mahood and Brad Johner and and those folks. And uh, yeah, I, I really look forward to getting back to. I, I believe this is Telemiracle 46 having Saskatchewan ring those phones and, and do all that crazy, generous donating they do over the 20 hours and um, seeing what the total is going to be. We never know, and Saskatchewan always makes it happen. So uh, it's one of the highlights of my year. Well, that is great to hear. And to sum this all up, Jeffrey, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, 
I don't. I don't. I think. I don't think so. You covered. You covered. You covered it all. I mean, one. One. The, the only one thing, and, and take this for what it is. But I mean, when I was touring in, in this summer, this funny theme emerged in that people started to discover how much I love food and, and homemade baking in particular. And so often, what would happen is either someone who hosted the show or someone who came to the, these shows was baking me a, a, a pie, like a homemade pie or a cake or something. So, like, I don't know if I'm pushing this too far. But How if, wholesome. But if, one of the, but if one of the Moose Jaw listeners wants to, like, bake me something, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Well, we will be sure to pass the message along. <laughs> okay, thanks. As mentioned, Jeffrey Straker will be performing here in Moose Jaw October 27th. It's time now to listen to one of Straker's new songs. This is Ready to Be Brave, which was announced earlier this year. It can be found on YouTube or anywhere else that you stream music. It's been so long I can't remember why we started building these walls between I fear we're getting used to these old wounds We're waiting on the reckoning I keep telling myself we can talk it through Silence is our battleground Call the cavalry or call the truth Honesty's where freedom is found Oh, here's a white flag I raise Cry tears from a broken soul Surrender all inside of me I'm ready to be brave Ready to be brave I thought of walking away At least a thousand times But that kind of walking is for the weak Forgive and forget opportunities Little words I have faith We can teach ourselves to speak Oh, here's a white flag I raise Cry tears from a broken soul Surrender all inside of me I'm ready to be brave Ready to be brave I've tried making believe This ain't weighing on me Oh, but burden wears no mask There's a ghost in my heart Fumbling around in the dark Tripping on the broken glass flag I raise Cry tears From a broken soul Surrender all 
sun and cloud today and a high of nine. Wednesday, cloudy with a 30% chance of rain late in the afternoon. Wind becoming north at 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon and a high of seven. Cloudy on Thursday with a 60% chance of flurries or rain showers, high of plus five. Friday, sunny and a high of 13 and Saturday, sunny with a high of 14. For complete online weather anytime, click on discovermoosejaw.com or the Moose Jaw Live app. I'm Haley Shirky. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. Church of Our Lady will be hosting a drive through fall supper on Sunday, October 31st, from 4 until 5, with food prepared and individually packaged by Charlotte's Catering. Your meals will be delivered packaged to your vehicle, and advanced prepaid tickets will be sold for only $20 a meal. Cash, check, or e-transfer will be accepted. Meals will consist of roast turkey and dressing, four salads, vegetable, bun, and cheesecake for dessert. If you want to take part, you're asked to contact Church of Our Lady. That again is a drive through fall supper at Church of Our Lady, Sunday, October 31st, from 4 until 5. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Ottawa Real Estate. Providing honest service for all your real estate and insurance needs. Locally owned since 1910. Minute Muffler Break and Wheel. For complete automotive service and maintenance. Call or book online at mjminute.ca. Corner of High Street and 2nd Avenue Northwest. And Community Service Radio. 800 CHAB. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Welcome back. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for Rob Carney. Over the weekend, local speed skater Graham Fish was honored at the Kinsman Sportsplex for his impressive career. A banner was raised in his honor, and Fish spoke briefly afterward. So first of all, definitely super honored to uh, have my banner raised at uh, the Kinson Sportsplex. Uh, I trained there for at least 15 years or so of uh, my skating career, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it's, uh, really cool. Um, so I have um, a couple groups to thank, obviously. Um, first of all, the club. Um, I uh, skated there with them again for like 15 years, and um, obviously I moved up through the ranks and stuff, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how I got good and started, kind of fell in love with the sport. Um, secondly, I would like to thank my family. Um, they're the reason that I um, skated. Um, I started skating when I was three. My parents signed me up for it, and uh, uh, I've loved it ever since. Um, 
and um, my brother and my uh, sister also skated. So, and my dad actually skated for like a little bit. So, um, yeah, my mom. Hopefully, well, I guess she's gonna try today, but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, um, and then uh, obviously I'll thank uh, the one coach that I probably had for like half the time there I was there. So Verna Kurgan. So um, every every Saturday on, on short track we would always do laps and. Uh, for me, that was like one of my favorite practices, and um, uh, obviously that translated into me probably doing just as well in the long distance races as uh, um, anyone else could be doing. So yeah, um, yeah, it was. Uh, thank you for obviously for everything. She coached me for at least like seven seven years or so. So from like grade five to I left. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, thank you so much for you're a really good coach and. Um, um, keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, um, you're a really good coach, and uh, definitely uh, definitely super honored to uh, been uh, your uh, your skater for um, as long as I was. So thank you, Graham Fish. One bronze at the 2020 World Single Distances Speed Skating Championship in Salt Lake City last year, and then the day after he won that, he won gold in the 10,000 meters with a new world record. He became the first man outside of the Netherlands to win gold at the event. Super impressive career, so congratulations to him. And that does it for today's edition of the Heartland at Noon. I'll be back tomorrow. Just because Rob Carney's here doesn't mean that you don't get to hear him. Of course, we have the best of Carney's comments coming up in just a few seconds. So, until I talk to you later, have a good rest of your day. Take care. Where's the best place to hide something from your kids? On page two of Google. No one looks there. So if your business doesn't show up on page one of your potential customer's Google search, your competitor is going to get that sale. Homefield can help with a custom-tailored plan to improve search results for your business. If your customer can't find you, how can they buy from you? We'll make sure you're not buried in search results and your customers can find you. SEO, Homefield can help. Success starts at myhomefield.ca. Visit Urban Cellars for a great selection of beer, coolers, and wine. Whether you're planning an event with family and friends or a quiet night in, the friendly staff at Urban Cellars can help find you the perfect beverage to match the mood. Urban Cellars, located on South Hill, happily serving all of Moose Jaw. And it's all just a little bit of history repeating. Time now for the best of Carney's comments. She sent us a nice letter the other day. A long-time local and loyal listener she is. She included a gift in the package. There are four of them, actually, lightly glued to a piece of paper. And she wrote, Remember these? I sure do remember them. They are the little inserts we use to put the 45 RPM records on the turntable. They are 45 adapters or spindle adapters, also known as 7-inch adapters. I did have to look that up. I had forgotten what they're called. It reminded me of a time about 20 years ago when my father wanted his grandchildren to hear him singing when he was in his prime. Oh, he could sing, and he recorded a couple of tracks on vinyl back in the day. So he took the records out to my sister's place where her five children would listen to their grandpa sing. They were excited. My sister asked her oldest, who was about 13 at the time, to go down to the laundry room and bring the record player upstairs. He was gone for quite a time, and everyone was getting impatient. Then he came upstairs and asked, Mom, what's a record player? 
I'm Rob Kearney.